The tension between predation and romance is emphasized when Edward says that he cannot be near Bella while hunting. If the bloodlust which seizes him during a hunt occurs in his presence, he risks preying on her as well. That's enough of that. Fuck you! Hey, Fox, what are you playing? <laughs> you know what? That's better than an intro I had to go for. Let's go with it. Hey, Fox, what are you playing? Listener, this was an act of mercy. <laughs> it really was. Go on, then. Um, what have I been playing? I've been <laughs> I've been playing Alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I hadn't previously realized that all these bears showing up in my Twitter feed were from a game. <laughs> I just thought it was some meme generator or something. I was in the same boat. I didn't realize it was connected to a game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, a- a- anything with giant pirate bears, I-, I can't not play that. Also, And word games. I am so about word games. Alright, so when it comes to playing with word games, one of the things that will always happen is someone will break out the story of their best word. I didn't have a particularly good best word. I think the best I got was... I, I don't have a lot of very long words when I play Alphabet. I think semen was the longest one I got recently that sticks in my head. Semen sticks in your head. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, listen, we're going to a con soon, so this isn't going to get edited. <laughs> this is off the cuff. This is the real experience. Yeah, you're, Enjoy you're, the uncut semen, listener. <laughs> right. But, uh, Jed, do you have a particularly happy word to share, something you're impressed with? Because I think Fox has got a really great one. I, my, I think my, my longest word in Alphabet was... Commitments? That's pretty good. That is pretty good. That was better than my previous really proud of word, which is abhorrent. Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> but then, well... It, it was technically a really bad choice, actually, because I had to let three letters turn into stones in order to get it. But when I saw it, I couldn't let it go. I have to have a big word, especially if the big word is hagiography. <laughs> Which is, for the listener, if you're not particularly big on words, the process of speaking only well of someone after they die. Huh. Yeah. You know what's really disappointing? My bears didn't say anything about it afterwards. <laughs> I was they chose I, I was dis- awful words. I, dis- I I was disappointed that my bear my bears have never said taint, no matter how often I've used it. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna become a goal now. I shall see to that. I did have one I almost treated which was something like I want a button that makes a gate helmet magically. <laughs> 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 oh, don't we all bear? <laughs> I, I also have played some of Alpha Bears recently. Um, the, I, I'm, there is a payment model in that game. Mm-hmm. It exists. Oh, actually, yeah. But I haven't run into it yet. So it has to be one of the most unobtrusive types of payment system. <laughs> well, one of the things you pay for is just a bonus. It, it doesn't stop you from completing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does have a play cooldown. 
effect. Yeah. Though. You, you can only do a limited number of stages before you need to leave it to recharge. Hmm. But it did something really great, which is it also just has a, you know, buy that off. I think it's like six bucks. Yeah. Or in Australian, it's about six bucks. Anyway. You can just buy off the um, whole thing. Which it, yeah, yeah which is, you, you still have to wait for the special powers to recharge kind of thing, but if what you want to do is just play the levels because they're fun, then do it as much as you want. Yeah, uh, in my case, because I mostly am playing Alpha Bears in transit between locations, I'm not like sitting down at home. Yeah, yeah. Of, it, it's pretty much perfect. I, I almost feel bad because this game is pretty much worth buying. Uh, that I'm not running into the thing that makes me go, oh yeah, I should probably buy this. That makes me feel any better I did buy it. Good on you. <laughs> Just how I know it's like six bucks. Um, I I was actually really impressed by this. I was thinking about it before because the the wait for recharge freemium type games, the if they don't have some option to buy that off, if they don't have a thing which is just like, hey, if you like playing this game so much, you could just buy it. Isn't that kind of like a tacit admission that actually playing the game isn't fun enough to just let you buy it? <laughs> like, if it was always, you know, 20 cents to get to, to unlock it right now and there was no option to buy it off forever, that would probably bother me. But if it sounds like you're describing you can just, like, one-time purchase, play as much as you open like. Open Bears, that's what there is, yeah. Yeah, it's... Most of the other free-to-play games I've encountered don't have something like that, and that's what I'm talking about. Like that, that to me, almost feels like going, well, no one is going to enjoy just the experience of playing this that much that they'll want to buy it. Mm. Which is, you know, probably true and sad. Yeah, you need to work <laughs> on your game if that's the point. Yeah. Whereas Alpha Bear, I, you know, played like five or six stages and went, yeah, I want to be able to play this whenever I want, because I like doing word puzzles with cute bears. What about you, Jeb? What have you been playing this week? I have, uh, have you heard of Magic the Gathering uh, Origins? I have heard of it. I, <laughs> I played a bit of that. Uh, oh, that's you all I can really think of. That's all I can really think of. I, uh, Played that a bunch. I don't think you've described it to me very much. <laughs> the Pro Tour was this uh, weekend, and I watched a lot of that, and uh, <laughs> uh, that was good. <laughs> and who's the champion? Uh, Joel Larson of Sweden won Pro Tour Origins That's with the mono red aggro deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no Jace in the but... finals. It was great. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And Soul Artifact was in the finals, which is even more amazing. Ornithopter was in the finals. Ornithopter! Ornithopter. We live in a world where Ornithopter is in a standard viable deck. And it's not Affinity. It's the episode's title. Ornithopter, no Jesus. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the, uh, <clears throat> yes, the... Gaming challenge drink. Man, jeez. Uh, no, sorry, yeah, it, it's kind of nice to have a pro tour where Jace is not the card that everyone has to worry about. <laughs> Don't remember, I, I suspect Goblin Rabble Master was one of the cards that needed to be worried about. Goblin Rabble Master doesn't really exist in standard anymore because of Jace. Wow. Rabble Master. That's a fun word to say. Rabble Master. Because Goblin Rabble Master dies to, uh, Fire Impulse. And Fire Running is oh, Fire Impulse because Jace. Because Jace has the fire <laughs> impulse. Uh, the three drop, the three drop slot for, uh, 
for mono red actually has been replaced by uh is being filled up with um Abbot of Carol Keep from Magic Origins. Huh. Mad's one of the staples. Which is uh <laughs> people realize how much one card can deform the you know, ripples. Oh yeah. Deform the environment so thoroughly. It's something that casual players like me often don't realize. I remember the first time I showed you a flame tongue carvu, your reaction was, so what? It does that damage once. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I have a way of thinking about bigger things. Oh, yeah. Magic oh, that's, from, from your perspective, especially because of you know, the casual... What damage? What's that going to kill? Yeah, exactly. From, from the perspective we were playing with, like, Onslaught Faggies, we were like, these these things are amazing. What, what, <laughs> what are you going to do, burn away with Savage? Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I lose an elf. Big deal. Just like, yes, Flame Tongue Cargo deformed standard <laughs> for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Completely ridiculous card. But yeah, uh, as for myself, I never want to be accused of being an early adopter. I started fiddling around with games on my phone. <laughs> Turns out I had all these games I purchased on Humble Bundles. And, well... Oh. Yeah, I bought a Humble Android bundle a while back, and I have never installed a friggin' thing. <laughs> well, we were having connection, connection problems yeah. at that point, and I basically couldn't download anything over a significant size, so I sort of started on the first one that was like 60 friggin' megs or something. Just not a big download, but it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, so I've been playing Alpha Bears, Buddy and Me, um, Organ Trail, and lots of line. I think that is the same bundle, in fact. It definitely had Buddy and Me in it, because yeah. I took one look at that and I was like, Big Hairy Dragon, I'm in! <laughs> Line is really I... good. <laughs> See, here's This me. is the I other finished... thing, yeah. I've... I finished the first level of Buddy and Me. I'm up to level N in Line. Uh, that's it? Are they alphabetical, or is that uh, an algebraic symbol? No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's, 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 no. it's alphabetical. I'm... I'm only up to N in line. <laughs> I haven't done daily challenges in line. I haven't got... Line is really good, but when you get stuck in line, wow, do you get stuck. You know who, uh, you know who, uh, 100% line, right? Yeah, I know. You. <laughs> you great show off. Ooh, there's 100% completion in it? Yes. I always like 100% completion. Yes. Hey, line is a... But, well... <laughs> 100% completion is is uh, a bit different for line. Um, <laughs> I've I've done all the uh, I've I've completed all the levels of line. You know I've I've done all that I've done enough enough of the uh, the the side the daily puzzles and such to to get all the achievements on Steam. But there's also infinite puzzles. Yeah. And there's a meta puzzle. Which I have yet to find anyone who has solved it. I haven't uh, even looked into it because the whole thing seems just makes me kind of tilt my head like a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the mine. Last check line is a one person show. It's a bloke in Melbourne. And I genuinely. Oh, it's another am- Australian game. I'm genuinely impressed with the fact that one mind came up with that. <laughs> the, there's a, there's a meta puzzle right. in in line where the certain puzzles that you do are clues towards a bigger meta puzzle that 
you're supposed to go onto forums and and such and put together and find out what the secret hidden message is and that involves dealing with with random people. Ah, the bane of the internet, random people. I could just do more more random puzzles on on Hexel's internet, <laughs> which I've also gotten 100% of the achievements on. All right. I also played. So, I also played a. Now that I mentioned. Now that I think of it, I also played a. Uh, I played part one of the book The Dead by Silverstring Media, which um, experimental game developer Simeliusign had a, a hand in this, and it's weird. <laughs> and I suggest everyone go and look at. Um, the viral Dusty Dead identity quiz. Hey, <laughs> I I love getting to watch Fox's expression as Jeb mentions things that exist <laughs> because it's always skeptical. It's either did he say that or did I hear that? <laughs> I said the viral Dusty Dead identity quiz. No, that's what I thought I had. Radio then. Well, you see, you know how there the the social media quizzes, you know, which fandom character are you? That sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Well, this is none of those. It's which character from the Dusty Dead franchise are you? And it's for all the fans of the Dusty Dead franchise to to download and play on their on their PC and say, oh, I'm such character and so forth. Is this a franchise that exists? No. Right. <laughs> this is some Kentucky Route Zero nonsense. This is. <laughs> is this a like thematic element of the game? Like, yes. Um, <laughs> what are you thinking of? This is. <laughs> yeah. This is like a McBain thing. <laughs> it's uh. <laughs> it's me. it's 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 the first part of a three part. A trilogy called The Book of the Dead, where that explores social media and its effects on fandoms and the way people interact with one another. And what better way to do that than to make up a fandom for something that doesn't exist? It gives you information about the, the like, it gives you information about the books that were never written, about the cart, the, the 90s cartoon show that, you know, never was made, the anime spinoff that doesn't exist, that exists, that's in there too. I, I think I've found what I'm going to make for my homework this year. God, if I'd be, imagine how easy it would be to finish all my projects if all I had to do was write their TV tropes page. That's kind of what I'm thinking, yes. <laughs> Alright then. Now. Oh, also it's now? free. Oh, God. Oh, even oh, better. a bonus. It's free, uh, you can, for $5, you can also get the theme song for the 90s cartoon show that doesn't exist that was on a cartoon network that doesn't exist that never aired. <laughs> That's wonderful. I, I appreciate these people's sense of the absurd. Yeah. So, obviously, as I mentioned, we're going to go to a con, so this is not going to get edited very well, so we're just going to jump straight to retro gaming news and see what bullshit happens. Sound good? <laughs> At least we got into this before I managed to either get high or make myself sick on pay cubes. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. <clears throat> a lot of con crafts. 
And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news is fit print for the year of 2007. Brought to you by Crystal Clear Permanent Gloss Varnish. Most of which is now in Fox's lungs. 2007. If you don't remember what was going on in 2007, here's just a quick beat of some things that are going on in history. 3D Realms released a Duke Nukem Forever trailer. <laughs> Four years before the game would be released. Blizzard announced StarCraft 2 would happen. <laughs> wow. Nokia announced that they were planning on reviving the Engage. <laughs> Re- that they were? How did that work out for them? Not very well. I can't wait to see. Sonic and Mario Go to the Olympics was announced, marking the first time those two properties had the same game. And it was everything the fans always dreamed of. Games for Windows Live launched. (laughs) We were launched. (laughs) Now, I grabbed this year on a random whim, but I think you're going to find this year kind of kicks ass. (laughs) Sounds like... I'm sorry, I'm just finding the whole eventual Mario and Sonic crossover, so, ah, it's just wonderful. <laughs> it was destined to happen as Sega Limp. Speaking of someone who likes to scream at nerds for asking for crossovers that shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, first up, we have a Nintendo property. It's one of their spin-off properties of a mainline property that has itself now got spin-offs because Nintendo are fractal. <laughs> the spin-off of uh, a spin-off a that Wario has... Is a WarioWare thing? Is it a WarioWare thing? It's a WarioWare thing. Yay, that would have to be Smooth Moves. It's Smooth Moves. Yay. All right. Next up, we have a Capcom game, which is technically a port, but practically no one remembers the early version of it. It's a Phoenix Wright? It's a Phoenix Wright game. Hey, this would be the WiiWare Phoenix? No, it's no. about ages later. No. Uh, as you'll find the this release. This can't be the first DS Phoenix Rise. No. This was Justice for All. Right. But what you're going to find is that the release schedule for Phoenix Wright games was a little quicker than you'd expect for most games. <laughs> Because they were all already met. Like, they were on the GBA to start with, right? Yeah. Which is exactly what they looked like. I was astonished to find that we, that they were on the DS to begin with. Hey? It, are you sure? I saw screenshots. I, it, it was different. All right, then. We have an expansion pack to what was, at this time, one of the biggest video games in history. World of Warcraft Cataclysm? Right game, wrong expansion. Uh, the one before that? Seven. Uh, Lich well, King? It's the one after that. Burning Crusade, the first expansion. The first one. Oh, okay. Was it 2007? Wow, that's not as old as I thought. What was that, Jim? <laughs> that was 2007? Yeah, 2007, the Burning Crusade launch. I thought it was 2006 uh, or something like that. Because that's when I started playing and, right about. And moved almost 13 million units over its lifetime. Yeah, Elf Skanks sell. I bought it day one. Alright, a NDS game that deliberately used the physical shape of the Nintendo DS as part Is that of the Legend of Zelda one? No. Oh, I thought for sure that was gonna be what it was. No, this we're still we're still early in the year. It's not We're not just talking like the DS appears in the game as a no. device the characters use are we because there's like that there's you use c- of games that pull that. You could not port this game as it currently behaves to a different console. Even to like a three DS? You could port it to a 3DS. Okay. It's uh, is there something else besides the Zelda game that uses the the sleep function? It's a noir game. Oh, um, this it's it's Hotel Dusk, isn't Hotel it? Because you read it like a book. That's you hold the 3DS yeah. like a book. That's quite a clever little bit of yeah. And there are points where to advance the story, you open and close it a couple of times, like you're leaving through a book. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. The, the game uses the physicality of the 3D uh, of the NDS really well. I don't like it when games really think about the platform that they're on. Like, okay, if you want to make a game that's accessible to all platforms, that's really great too, but if you are going to do an exclusive, it it always, you know, it it just makes me happy if there's 
stuff about it that, that means it should be exclusive. That really uses what it's got to work with. Yeah, as opposed to, like, console spec. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, just we can't be fucked porting this to PC, because, eh. Now, this game is a GBA release in 2007. The DS is already out. The DS is big. So this game has to be basically a very important game of its generation. I should be really familiar with late-cycle GBA releases. The only thing I think of is Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. No. Mega Man Battle Network? No, but you're both right in that they are franchise, in that it's a franchise game. Uh, odds are. That's true, that's true, <laughs> but it's not like it's a single standalone holy crap. Um, no, and, and this is not going to be the last time that this game gets released on a different platform. This is technically a platform update for it. Did it? Uh, no, that's not important, it couldn't be that. Super Mario Land 2? <laughs> no. I'll go a step further though. It's probably one of the most important SNES games. Chrono Trigger? Oh, this is a final... <laughs> They didn't release a Chrono Trigger GBA. It's a Final no, Fantasy, right? It's Final Fantasy VI. Final Fantasy VI yeah. got ported to the GBA in 2007 because the yeah. DS was backwards compatible. <laughs> oh yeah, I honestly I kind of forgot about that, even though I still have an original DS for purely this purpose. I've never had <laughs> either of these consoles. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm basically pitching straight over Fox's plate here. I almost, I mean, we still have an actual GBA console floating around sometimes, yeah. because once X and Y came out, I was like, hmm, I'm, I'm just going to take everything from the old, you know, Ruby and yeah. Sapphire cards. And just and, slowly uh, pile it together. The Pokemon Coliseum tie-ins and all that shit, and just port everything, everything, everything. They have some really interesting entries they get in their history sections if you have brought them over, like, five generations of games. Alright, now here is, and this is a relatively obscure one, in that it's, it's Closer to my heart than I think the mainstream gaming public is. In that it's a spiritual successor. How close to your heart? Not that close. Okay. It's a spiritual successor to a real-time strategy game made by the same developer and with a sort of similar name. What genre is the game itself? It's also a real-time it strategy is not, game. Yes, okay. Did you tell us about Dark film? Control? Uh, it has a sequel now. Home, uh, Homeland? Uh. No, uh, Supreme Commander. I'm trying to think of RTSs that have meant a lot to you. Supreme Commander is the spiritual child of Total Annihilation. Oh! Is it? Right. Yes! Yes. Same developer. I knew how you felt for Total Annihilation, but I didn't know the Supreme... Yeah. Supreme... Supreme... Supreme Commander was attached to it. (laughs) Supreme Commander is, I believe, a hair gel. (laughs) Supreme Panda? Yeah. Um, the same the same development crew went on to make Planetary Annihilation, which is good, but its system requirements are astronomical because the engine needs to be able to manage, you know, multiple planets as deformable objects. Ooh. Like this is a game where you can crash planets into other people's planets. <laughs> that does sound fun. Yeah, it is fun. <laughs> Managing it, the resources of it, right. is really beyond me. Alright. We have a game about playing a superpowered cop on the Xbox. Crackdown. Crackdown. <laughs> So, the, the Crackdown franchise appears this year. <laughs> We've crossed the threshold from my expertise into Jeb's expertise. <laughs> I, I know a couple things about Crackdown. I played the first one a little bit, and it was meh. I played the second one, and it was bad. I, I, I saw the trailer for the third one, and they destroyed an entire building in real time. <laughs> and it, you have my attention. You suddenly have my attention now. So have you played the third one now? Or it's is not, it not yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just they yeah, show the tear. It's the 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 trailer at Gamescom. It's like, well, I don't. Uh, I'd say the first one was mad. It was, I guess, it was all right at the time, but the second one was just bad. 
And then all of a sudden I see this trailer and it's like, oh, this could be Oak. Oh, they just destroyed that town. Oh. Oh. Tell you what, Fox, the trailer that Jeb is talking about, a friend of mine watched and commented, it reminds me of Mayhem Missions turned up. So, yeah. That's a good recommendation. Yeah. All right. We have a RPG set in an Asian setting. And it's not from Japan. Jade Empire? Jade Empire! I thought Jade Empire was older than that. No, 2007. It's a game... Well, this this is the Xbox 360. This is when Microsoft were doing everything in their power to land out developers. So developers were getting these amazingly tight dev kits and games were coming out really quickly on the 360 because it was just so easy to develop for. Um, um, I think Empire that's actually... Up? That might actually be like the... the um... Apocryphal tale? <laughs> Oh, I think what you're talking about is the uh, the downloadable version uh, through Xbox, the Xbox, the Xbox Classics version, because oh, the original re- release of Jade Empire was an original Xbox game. Yes, you're right. This is the Windows ah, port. Right. I thought it was older than that. Right. Yep. You're right. <laughs> Not making shit up. You're absolutely right. Yep. <laughs> well, that's how Bigotry Talon was wrong when Jeb corrects him for this episode. Oh, there'll be more. There'll be more opportunities for that. I hope you enjoyed it, listener. All right, let's scroll on to March. Where we have a sequel that kind of said very loudly, this type of game is not going away. In 2007? Uh, which point-and-click adventure game was it? Not a point-and-click adventure. <laughs> oh, I was going to guess Tales of Monkey Island. But it did have a very uh, key indoor input system for certain types of things. It was Great. a game about being really angry, too. Key indoor input system? Yeah, as in the game says, you need to do thing. You do thing. Hooray, you did thing. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm hella confused. Resident Evil 4? No. Uh, game about being angry? Really angry. God of War? God of War 2. Oh. Oh, oh okay. With the Simon Says kill screens. So what's indoor mean? Key indoor. Use key indoor. Oh, right. Sorry, indoor is a word. So You're right. <laughs> you're right, it is. I had no idea what you were trying to communicate there. <laughs> One All of right. a kind exclusive insights are available only on the Downloadable Concept Podcast. I'll <laughs> <laughs> no, save that shit for the special edition. From the divine to the ridiculous, it's God of War 3? a cooking game. Cooking Mama? Oh. Cooking Mama. Pretty much had to be. Yes. <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> How about a post-nuclear accident game which has, to say the least, a difficulty clip. Um, Metro... Or not Metro, um... Shadows of Chernobyl? Uh, Yes, Stalker, Shadow of Chernobyl. I do not know about this. It's, uh... Ostensibly, it's a stealth resource conservation survival game. More realistically, it's about getting killed a lot. It's 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 about... Surviving, uh, trying, it's about trying to find uh, a wish granting in Chernobyl. Have you gone into it after the disaster, or are you there and the wish is how you're trying to escape? Uh, it, is, it is after the disaster, and there's apparently a wish granting at the middle of Chernobyl, and I don't know. Huh. Yeah. Someone explained the story to me, and it sounded goofy, but the game was kind of cool, so... <laughs> well, that... If, if the environment is anything like the Chernobyl site actually looks, I, that would be fascinating. It, it, it is. It's it. very... That place looks... Oh, it's very... Fantastically... Dec- like, you know... I, fantastically I terrifying. Like, it's a good thing, but it looks amazing. It's fantastically <laughs> terrifying. It looks awesome yeah. in the technically correct sense of the word. Yes. All right. Scrolling on through April, waving hello to Super Paper Mario as we whiz past it, and also the Fast and Furious tie-in game, because that happened. 
Which Fast and Furious was this a tie-in to? The first one! They released a tie-in to that in 2008. 2007, but yeah. They released a tie-in. I remember <laughs> watching that film yes. on VHS. Yes. Before we were going out. Yes. Well, going out with finger quotes around. Well, now, hold on a second, because it might not necessarily be a tie-in to the first game, the first movie, because I think right around then they did reboot the franchise just as Fast and the Furious. No. Possibly. That would be Yeah. I admit, I didn't do a lot of research into the Fast and Furious game because I thought... They'd never guess this. I'm just going to take the piss and move on. Stop making Fast and Furious movies. No, no. You've, you, you've found that you've got your eye in now. Make no. as many of them as you want. No, stop. They're terrible. They're always terrible. The first one made me cry. <laughs> I the first one made me bored. It made me cry of boredom. <laughs> anyway, I, I have a friend who will fight for the right for Fast and the Furious, and she is an, a, she is an avowed fan of the series. Just... Die. Just put shirtless guys on cars and make a calendar or some shit. I, uh, so here, don't put thing. a story in it. Here's one thing about the current. What's a story? Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious Seven, I think, is the one. They keep trying. So, so no. Here's the thing, right? Two points about Fast and Furious Seven. Like, as it can be bad at this, but these are things that it's trying to do. One, that main cast has one white guy. Second, that fam- that main cast is a family unit of everyone who chose one another. Typically speaking, Hollywood movies tend to go for a much more destiny of family kind of thing. And I think it's really cool that there is at least one major franchise, which is like, yeah, we chose each other. So, yeah. Okay, I don't really know what to make of that. I was going to go off the rails and go, hey, come to think of it, they could make a movie that was just a fake car race. Like, you don't actually need a story. You could just make it like it was race footage. And, you know, back back to the idea of faking up a show because there's a show in your game and it's a nice cartoon and everything. Hey, just make fake race. Why the fuck not? <laughs> Just make everything fake. Everything's fake. Speaking this podcast of fake, is fake. Real stuff too. But... This podcast is fake. After all, we're all just voices, Jeb does. Well, we're not trying to add in a story. <laughs> it's true. I don't know. I think uh, we have speak... a running narrative involving the yoga ball. We do. <laughs> speaking of things that are fake and have a narrative that is a repetition of everything else and involves the collection of monsters, video games. Again, came out in April 2007. A Pokemon. It was a Pokemon. Just assuming based on what Dallin was saying there. So that's got to be Diamond Pearl? Yeah. <laughs> that was April. Rolling. By the way, that came out on Anzac Day. Hmm. Oh. Anyway, rolling on through to May. And again, remember how much this year kind of kicks ass? Just no. we had the Crackdown franchise get kicked off in this point. We had a Pokemon game. We had... Um, they had the Fast and Furious. Yeah. We're doing great. <laughs> we had Burning Crusade. We had the first, uh, the, the the continuing sequels of the Phoenix Wright franchise, right? So in May, it's a dungeon crawler. It's a old school style dungeon crawler. I just want to say I'm hungry for Anzac biscuits, and it's all your fault. Dungeon Siege <laughs> Two? No, not Dungeon Siege Two. Handheld. Yeah. Etrian Odyssey game or something? The first Etrian Odyssey game. Whoa. So the Etrian Odyssey franchise kicked off here as well. Please don't put your Atri- please don't put your Odyssey in an atrium. It is a console. It is not a tree. <laughs> <laughs> and how about this for a game that I know Fox is going to give a shit about? It's a game that ties heavily into is it, mythological is it Loom? themes. It's not Loom. It can't be Loom. He's <laughs> promised me it can never again be Loom. He swore. <laughs> It's a very pretty game that uses mythological things. Odin Sphere? Odin Sphere! Ah! Yes! Jeff always gets my games. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't have to be new. <laughs> 
But yeah, Odin Sphere, which I believe Fox has an opinion on. Have I talked about Odin Sphere much yet? I don't know, but I know it's a game where you can plant a seed and grow a chicken. <laughs> you plant an egg to grow a chicken, you idiot. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> well, Duh. fair enough. See, in The Sims, you plant an egg to grow more eggs, so... <laughs> if I recall correctly, you have to place the egg on the ground and murder a bunch of things near it. I think that's how it works. I don't remember for sure. That's how agriculture works. Like real life. It's just that you have to leave it on the ground for a certain amount of time. I don't know. Because well, when things die, they, they let off, you know, either spirit energy or whatever, and the trees consume it. And I think that's how the egg works as well. So what you're saying is that, that given enough time, the egg will grow into a chicken. I don't think that's a revolutionary <laughs> mechanic. I think that's just aging. <laughs> to be fair, if the egg grew into a chicken, it just suddenly gets larger and larger. It's <laughs> larger and larger. It starts clucking. <laughs> the egg grew legs. No, um, it it's a lovely game, and it's a good game if you would like to play multiple different female characters who are, you know, doing the video game protagonist thing, but are all still, you know, sweet, pretty girl girls. Uh, they're hella girly. It's a pretty girly game. <laughs> the the only... Well, wait, no, there's two boy main characters. One of them is a typical guy. The other one is a bunny. More <laughs> or less. <laughs> I like him. Yeah. O- Odin Sphere is a... It's a vanillaware product. It kind of sets a standard. <laughs> yes. Including the vanillaware standard for food porn, which is only escalated in uh, later releases. Yeah. If you're not comfortable looking at really detailed images of food, uh, <laughs> do avoid Odin Sphere. It's but if you like looking easier, at it... Wow. Um, it, it's probably easier for people who have that problem to deal with than later vanillaware games. Um, we're talking much smaller graphics, but still, you know, carefully animated multiple frames of eating every one of the as a hundred food items. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Not like you're watching the character munch in gross detail or anything, but like, you know, if you're eating a jelly, it's gonna like wobble between spoonfuls and just little (laughs) things like that. Amazing attention to detail. Moving on. Again, with the whole franchise kicking off, we have a first-person shooter set in a not-military period of history. Half-Life 2? No. That is that a not-military period of we history. We haven't had one of like, those. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's not It's not a military game. It's not a, you know, 1945. It's not a 1913. This is a game set Is this Portal? In... You're not being a dodgy bastard and talking about future military. No, not future know? military. Okay. And no, it's not Portal. Though, put a finger in that and Half-Life 2. Um, <laughs> the Orange Box came out later in this year, didn't it? Yeah, Orange Box came out in 2007. Uh, listener, do not put your finger in the Orange Box. <laughs> Fear is the mind killer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yeah, uh, so set a period of history where the defining element of its area isn't military conflict, okay. but it's a first-person shooter. Is it a good first-person shooter? I know there's at least two good games in this franchise. I cannot say for myself if is it's the first Is it Metro? Game. No. It's an American period of history. There's an American period of history that's not defined by military <laughs> actions? Well... You're I, living in a dream world! I guess... Where I are you... Was, where are you talking yeah, about? <laughs> I'm talking about the Old West. I'm talking about Cowboys. Oh, so it's uh, Red Dead Revolver? Ah. No! no it's Call of Juarez. It's Call of Juarez. I didn't know that was first place. Do I say that every time we talk about Call of Juarez? Koala Juarez. Koala Juarez is a bird. The Koala Juarez is a wonderful game about a little island in Queensland where you grow little fuzzy animals. It's wonderful. Yes. Um, you say it's wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> I picked the wrong date and not edit. Um, <laughs> no, you picked the right date not to edit. <laughs> but yeah, yes, this will be fun to listen where... to. 
<laughs> you were previously under the impression we were both entertaining and organized. <laughs> Sucks to you. No, uh, Call of Juarez, which is... I know that two of the games in the game, uh, in, in the franchise, are pretty good. And one but, of them is a bully. Well, Gunslinger is good. The one with the, where you play the two brothers, which is the sequel to the first one, that's pretty good. The Cartel is... Abhorrent? Really, Essentially really racial bad. Abhorrent? Yeah. yeah it, <laughs> abhorrent is a perfect word for it, yes. Uh, and it got kicked off in 2007. And the first one was kind of meh. To be now, fair, that's the one in the franchise I played the most of, because I thought ah. the controls in Gunslinger were terrible. Aww. See, I'm, I'm lucky when it comes to the controls for um, <laughs> FPSs, in that when they get ported to PC, it's really hard to fuck them up. <laughs> I hate it when something makes me laugh that just wouldn't work well as a thing to then say. <laughs> I don't just the way you turned around just then. You're gonna have fun editing this bit, ain't you? Oh, fuck <laughs> off. Just the way you turned around just then and said, "Yeah, I'm kind of lucky with controls, I guess." Had <laughs> this sudden, you know, movie character kind of, yeah, I'm lucky with controls like that. <laughs> hey, I don't know why it just looked like it sounded like it for half a second when you turned. We have a real time strategy game. Oh, he's trying very hard to drag this back onto track. It's a heroic effort for On the PlayStation 2. He's trying very hard. It was developed by a developer who's already been mentioned this session. Is it Grim Grimoire? It is Grim Grimoire. Hell yes! Which, again, is really good looking. The only vanilla war game I haven't played because I am just, just horrifyingly bad at RTSs. I cannot do that many things at once. And they only get they only get more aggravating on console. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. That that would not help things. I'm looking forward to seeing how the Fable Legends handles its RTS elements. So, you know, hope's there. Alright, we have... Well, the, the way okay. they'll do it is by, uh, you'll play it on PC. <laughs> because it has cross-play, so why play the bad... Why play the RTS on the console? So, this is... The, the actual... Pete, the actual get video game part of this isn't quite so important. It's an Xbox Live arcade release of a board game. Of a board game? And it's a board of a board game, and it's a board game that is generally regarded as one of the best modern board games that exists. How modern? Uh, well, two thousand seven. <laughs> no, I mean, like how modern? Because, like, you know, Monopoly came out around that time on Xbox Live, but it might not be that. Yeah, true. Not not Monopoly. No, uh, we're talking about the, the most recent. We basically have this current wave of, of settlers of Catan. You are so close. That's not a board. Carcass is the big one. It's Carcassonne. That's, isn't that a card-based game? It's not a board. The cards make and, a board, and... kind of. Wow, you're picky. <laughs> <laughs> Game. But game, you know, has a board. <laughs> okay, so would you? I'm sorry, is that too specific a criterion for you? Would you? Have to be fair, if you said, if I called it a card game, well, if you use the technical maybe. term traditional game, then it's like, well, that fucking helps. <laughs> what is it? Hoop and a stick? More likely than I would have been to guess if you said it was a board. Game. Oh, I guess Carcassonne. So Carcassonne. <laughs> well, we all just know that Jed's better at this game than Fox. <laughs> he shouts Loom faster. You know what? I stopped shouting Loom because I thought it wasn't funny anymore. <laughs> you were wrong. Have I not stretched this joke any further? Since when do we have taste and restraint when it comes to jokes on this podcast? It's taste and restraint after all is my OK Cupid profile name. <laughs> Talon's OK Cupid profile name is my Steam profile name. <laughs> All right, we have 
a tactical RPG in the mold of, but not too close to Final Fantasy Tactics. Advanced two? No, big big chunky sprites. Not a. This was a franchise starter for this one. Um, took advantage of the 3DS's compressed video as well. Sorry, it's the DS. Yes, it's Luminous Arc. Nice. Which has, amongst other things, a punch witch. Yeah, punch witch. <laughs> I, mm, I have such mixed feelings about this game. <laughs> On the one hand, punch witch. On the bad hand, oh, it's a drudge. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a bit of a grind, and the relationship element is um, like a multiple choice guess, the correct response kind of thing that you only get one chance at, and you have to get everything right. Yes. Uh, so I got screwed over in a couple of really specific ways. Like, I only talked to the childhood friend nun girl after she had abandoned the church. So when I got her first dialogue about how great the church was, I was like, the church is balls, lady. <laughs> and she was all, how could you say that? What? Yeah, you, they don't kill you and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, just little things like that that they didn't think through. Um, On the other hand, it has Sir Dreamy and uh, cute mini Shota Dragon Boy and Punch Witch. And, you know, those things will get me to play almost any game. And as far as the tactical RPG goes, there's some incredibly frustrating things about that interface. Like, caring about facing, I don't mind caring about facing, if you're going to use it. But so many of the things in the game that enemies do don't care about your facing. So really, why not strip that out and remove one step from the end of every turn? Isn't that just like a permanent takes more damage from rear attacks kind of thing? That almost everything enemies do cares about. About a third of the way through the game, they start doing things that do extra damage anyway. Yeah, it's really frustrating. And I thought it's worth I played almost the entirety of that game. There's also a ridiculous fucking difficulty leap on the last couple of stages. I think it's because by then you're supposed to have used all the pretty girl characters instead of Sir Dreamy and Dragon Boy. Well, Punch Witch is one of the worst characters. There's, they get, like, a super-duper special attack for all of them, but, you know, I'm only interested in two of the witch characters. <laughs> so, you know, I'd take them all along if I had an unlimited party, but I don't, and there's cute boys to be had. Exactly. Alright, we have a game that is effectively a restarting of a franchise, and names the other franchise in its new name. Oh, God. This is not one of those Call of Duty type things, is it? No, but you are thinking about the same length of title. It can... <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um, oh, I feel like I should know this. You should. It's a game type I know you like. <laughs> if you've made fun of it, do me. I don't think I've made fun of it. Uh, it's a it's a game that's much more about doing a thing repetitively. Final Fantasy Crystal no. Chronicles? Uh, no, not Crystal Chronicles. It is, and not Final Fantasy. So. Um, it's a it's it's a life it's a life sim game. Innocent life, a futuristic uh, Harvest Moon. Uh, you, you've got the right name drop, but no. Is it the Fantasy life. Harvest Moon no, series? No, it's Rune Factory. It's Rune Factory, a Fantasy Harvest Moon. Yeah. You've got to admit that's a pretty mouthfully title. It, it was. It's kind of like a subtitle that bit, but yeah, I do wish they would refer to it more often, just as Rune Factory. It gets a little tedious. All right. Reminds me, I have to go get Rune Factory Four now that you can actually get it in this country. All right. Now, how about a game that was hailed as being a reinvigoration of the JRPG genre and an improve and a bringing of a major Japanese franchise to the West? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Did it actually reinvigorate the JRPG genre, or did that not happen at all? I I don't really like Demon the JRPG Souls? genre didn't really the JRPG genre hadn't really gone anywhere. Well, it had gotten very flaccid. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. This this game is a JRPG that 
add a different style to conventional JRPGs. Demon Souls? So, not Demon Souls. And we're not talking... And by the way, we are talking like menu combat based. We are talking big recruitment party. Lost Odyssey? No. Uh, and here's, here's a crucial thing. Not a fantasy RPG. Um, Shadows of... Uh, or, uh, uh, Residence of Fate. No. God, you're, you're naming all these really yes. good, slightly more obscure ones. It... It was a sequel and a line sequel. Star Ocean 4? No. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> this game has been criticized in the West for representation issues. No, Every JRPG ever? True. <laughs> <laughs> this game has a dog as a player character. And it's not oh, fantasy, Persona? so it's not uh, Tales of Vesperia? 3. Not Tales of Vesperia, it's Persona 3. Huh. 2007, PS2 released a Persona 3 in English. <laughs> a different style, isn't it? Yeah. In that it's like Bad. essentially a dungeon crawling yeah. roguelike when it's not being a dating sim. Yeah. It's a weird game. It is a weird game. There is, in my opinion, there is probably about a third of a third as much too much Persona 3. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say I don't like it, but you're probably right. There, it's a lot of repetitive, just not that fun stuff in it. And big chunks of the game are boring and a bunch of the characters I want to kick in the face, so... <laughs> so it's a Persona game. Surely only Junpei. <laughs> Junpei, I really want to kick Junpei in the face. He needs a good kicking. Alright, speaking of getting kicked in the face, we have another <laughs> franchise starter. Which is also kind of a spiritual successor to another franchise. Which involved kicks in the face. It didn't explicitly involve kicks in the face, but it did involve someone getting hurt Your in the segue face. segue is a lie. What is it? Is it a, no, no, I'm kicking? just saying you lied. It's not kicking. It's probably involved kicking in oh, the face. No, it involves someone getting very traumatically injured in the face with sporting equipment. This game involved... Hockey. Just the game of hockey. <laughs> this game involved a terrible Irish accent. Uh, the Saboteur? Uh, no. Bigger than the Saboteur. What I was thinking of. More of a mainline thing. More, this this game got Game of the Year awards in 2007. A game got... There were Game of the Year awards in 2007 that didn't go to fucking Portal? Yeah, believe it or not. And, and the thing is, <laughs> this is also a first-person game like Portal. Also note, this game beat Team Fortress 2 as a shooter that was... I don't have the slightest fucking idea what you're talking about. This game is renowned for storytelling in first-person shooters, and it's not. Probably, and it's not half. It's not Half-Life Two episode oh, or anything like that. Has a bad Scottish accent in it. Bad Irish oh, sorry, accent. Sorry, Irish accent. And and unbelievably, this okay. This game is probably oversold as being really important. To oh, it's a Bioshock. It's Bioshock. Oh. <laughs> I haven't heard anyone's accents in that. Oh, so the opening tutorial character, the one who's guiding you through the whole thing, is putting on this would really you, awful, ruddy Irish accent. Would you kindly? Yes. Would you kindly go do the thing that's very plot important? Look at me playing with suspensions of disbelief and the meta narrative of the player. Fiddle dee dee, shower me with money and awards, and possibly <laughs> never criticize me in any way, or I'll send all my Twitter followers to fiddle in your mailbox. <laughs> I like your bad Irish accent. <laughs> Very endearing. <laughs> Mr. Olevin. I like Ken. I like Ken Olevine. <laughs> the, the really sad thing is, of course, I quite like Bioshock. Bioshock 1 was actually kind of good. <laughs> Bioshock, I mean, the first Bioshock was before it got lost up its own goal. It was still up its own ass. I mean, let's be honest here. It was definitely. <laughs> but it wasn't lost. But there was actually a it, fun game there and some cool moments and stuff. And it, 
And it was... It was its its own main crime, off, but with a clear sense of direction and progress. Its main crime was that it was just much shallower than it thought. <laughs> it thought it was a really smart game. It was just passable. Anyway. Oh, and one thing. As far as balance goes, Bioshock 1 acknowledged its balance decisions sucked, so most things could be pretty broken. Which and is actually a better de- Yeah, it's a better design decision to say, fine, have a lot of broken things and find the one you like the most <laughs> than the much more bland, everything is balanced by being equally dull method of Bioshock Infinite. As opposed to Bioshock Infinite, which also thought it was very clever narratively and was just outrageously hacky. Mm. We have an expansion pack for an MMO. Again? Again. Not World of Warcraft. I should think not. It is, however, a game that sold extremely well on the PC. Uh, 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 Hang on. Um, Oh, yeah. By all means, if you've got something. Is there a sequel to Final uh, Fantasy XI, then? No, or not, not, not sequel uh, expansion? Western developer. It's one of two things, and it depends whether it involves giant bear woman, women or just letting me make giant bear women even though no one else does. I, I don't... I'm afraid I don't get it. I don't know what you mean, but... Well, I'm thinking Giant bear women are involved. It's Guild Wars. Or Guild Wars. It's, it's going to be Guild Wars. It's Night Guild Wars. Thingy? It's, it's Guild Wars Eye of the North, ah. which... I have on words from one of the developers, if you thought that the acronym G-W-E-N was deliberate, yes it was. <laughs> but Jumping it's through G-W, it's Gwion. <laughs> Do you recall... Um, Go on, Fox. Mm, mm, mm. I of the... It's Gwion. 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 It sounds like sounds like something Kenno Levine would say. Would you kindly Gwion? Kenno Gwion. I'm sorry, I'll have to have have to ask my cousin, Gwion. God, don't ask me to do that voice. What have we, what have we done? <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, in September. Luckily, our luckily our listener isn't Irish. <laughs> we hope. Uh, we have a September. Re- this is a English language release, so I, I believe it came out earlier. Um, of a JRPG about which I don't know much at all, but the framing device and setting of this game is so strange and unique that most people who know anything about this game know this framing device. Say it again, because I've got to listen for the first one. <laughs> Wait, is it Star Ocean? <laughs> oh, sorry, I know, I was distracted by a butterfly or something. No, it's not Star Ocean. It's a JRPG. It's a JRPG. <laughs> that's, that's the bit that I missed. With a very odd framing device. An odd enough framing device that most people go, oh, is that the game where? And it's not Star Ocean. Um, and it's not Star Ocean. It's not the one with the book, is it? Where you have no. to chronicle everything? No. No. Uh, it, it, the, the oddness about it is on the back of the box blurb, where you are journeying into... Fuck you say? Oh, uh, it's Eternal Sonata. There you go. Where oh. you are in the dying fever dreams uh, of Japan. I don't know anything about that game. I don't know a single mechanical thing I could tell you. A thing that could guide you onto it beyond the fact that that premise is pretty <laughs> fucking weird. That is a fucking weird premise. And I hope they did something really cool with it. I haven't played it. Yeah. But that's such a strange concept that it could be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Have you played it, Jim? I've played it. It's nice. It's yeah. quaint. It's cute. The music's nice, I bet. Well, duh. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the combat actually the has a light and dark mechanic. So if you're standing in a shadow, your abilities change. That's cool. And it also yeah. applies to enemies, and some like some are solar powered, so you want to lure them into. Uh, it has sort of a like a an eight like they have a similar turn based system to like a Valkyria Chronicles, where you have a certain amount you can of energy you can move. Oh yeah. In real time, and then you have to stop. 
and so you you want to lead them to lead the the enemies to, to places where they're they're not as strong while still staying in whichever one gives you your best attacks. So the the combat in it is actually kind of neat. Uh, it's yeah, fairly generic really in, in places, and it's not by no means a masterpiece. But if you get the chance, it's worth trying. That is. That is especially interesting because it sounds like the game should be stronger on the, the thematic elements. Yeah. And if it was going to be weak somewhere, it would be the, the combat mechanics. But the combat mechanics sound really inter- interesting. Yeah. They're not... It's a whole lot of this game probably could be better, but it combines to... It's all right. Nah. <laughs> all right. It's also nah, really well. nicely drawn. Now, here we are at the tail end of 2007. All right? Oh, the orange box. Okay. And we're gonna, and just to let you know, games that didn't make the cut of worth talking about here included Mega Man ZX, the, oh, Phantom, I would have known that one. the Phantom Hourglass, and Painkiller Overdose. Alright? That's how jam packed the end of this year is. So we have another Ace Attorney game. Mm, the fourth one. Yeah, Trials and Tribulations. <laughs> we have a game that, def- that, that was so bad it created a term used in industry for failure. Oh, wow. Bad refs? Um, no. <laughs> Two worlds. Bigger budget failure. It's been a long time since we've seen bad refs, hasn't it? Yes. It's a bit like seeing one of those old buses come chuffing around. Oh, <laughs> nice to see those. Except this yeah. one only has two fucking school. wheels. It's blowing black smoke out of the back end. Jeb, that's a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> a bicycle blows black smoke out of its head. Well, a motorbike, maybe. Alright, this game promised to blend seamlessly first-person shooting and RPG elements. And it's not Bioshock? And it's not Bioshock. (laughs) This game promised to offer an ever-expanding franchise, that it would be opening up new expansions every six months or so. And it's not Destiny? And it's not Destiny. (laughs) No. This game promised a Diablo-like loot system that was broken from day one. And it's not Borderlands? And it's not Borderlands! Oh, industry standard term? Yes! As in, the name of the developer of this game, for about two or three years there, was used to refer to complete and utter cock-ups. The name of the developer was Flagshipped. What? This game had a community manager say, no one uses lands anymore anyway. This game, when it had a major patch drop, allowed loot drops to... I know! Is he in that dream world where there's, like, no no military (laughs) eras of... (laughs) I don't know, but one of his dream game devs seriously fucked up. His name Bill Roper. Ring a bell. No. Oh, uh, Hellgate London? Hellgate London! That was an FPS? Yes! The fuck? It, it, it attempted to merge FPS-style shooting, RPG elements, and a Diablo loot system. And it did such things as, during a major patch, items would drop that were higher than the level cap. <laughs> Raid bosses were effectively dropping unusable loot. Oh, wonderful. And when, when players asked for a refund, they were told, wasn't the experience worth it anyway? You sure want to ask that question? You, you sure, game devs, that you want to pose that question to your community? Yeah. All right. Um, we have yeah, a- wow, okay. I, I had no idea. It doesn't actually sound like it'd be too hard to play no. RPG first-person and loop. Like, that's just a first-person MMO. That doesn't sound like it'd be particularly difficult. Borderlands have kind of done it. I suppose they kind of have now. As long as yeah, you don't like a shitty game. Also- it's not quite an MMO, yeah. is it? Borderlands? Borderlands is a game that... Uh, I don't have a high opinion of Borderlands, 
But uh, because of its nature as a very social game, I imagine I could really enjoy Borderlands if I was having fun with the person I was... You know, I rate my friends but in, 10 out of 10. But instead, you could play a better game and have more fun. I rate yes. this game 2 out of 10. Lacks my friends. Exactly. All right. We have a PC RPG with a ridiculously obtuse set of systems. It started a franchise. Is it Dark uh, Demon's Souls? No. That was, not, that was not never a on Japanese PC. Developer. Yeah. It started a franchise. Huh. No, Demon's Souls is a, is a Sony well, exclusive. Yeah. Actually, correction, it continued a franchise, but the franchise started out as a book series. Uh, hmm. Not a Japanese developer, a Western developer. With extremely historic mechanics, you said. The very first game had impenetrable rules. Layers upon layers of rules. A manual you could use to choke a rabbit. 2008. 2007. It's the second time you've asked that. <laughs> Fox is trying to get out of this year fast. It's terrible. It's terrifying. I wasn't. It wasn't that. It was that I was just refreshing my memory of the year because I'm trying to work out what the fuck he's talking about. A bunch of books that this... led to a a role playing game with obtuse mechanics on the PC. Lots of swearing too. The Witcher. And it had yep. What's uh, it? The Witcher. Oh. I was about to add, and it had lots of titties. <laughs> I didn't know that game had particularly obtuse mechanics. I thought oh. it was just kind of bad. <laughs> The, the, the first game had things like uh, a specific menu for potions. Uh, potion brewing, which was a separate menu to potion drinking. You couldn't drink your potions from the brewing. There was a menu for potion drinking? Yeah. The, the... How many options do you need? Drink or not to drink? <laughs> that is the only question. Alright. And we have a handful of games that were bundled together as one. Jake Hunter. <laughs> What's funny about that? That was really sharp. No, this is this is the easy guinea of the year. This is the game. This is the game of the year box. Oh, right. Okay. The box. <laughs> Moving on. Yes, Team Fortress Two, Portal, and Half Life Two Episode One all came out in one day for fifteen friggin' dollars. All right, well, we better talk about that at length because the listener might not have heard of them. Yes, they're very obscure games. Yeah. You haven't you Talking haven't all about- played all of these. <laughs> Tell you what, oh, though. but 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 there was a really really funny joke in one of them. Let's repeat um, it a dozen times. I, I wish it had gotten picked up as like a meme because it would have been so great if everyone had just endlessly said it for the next like two years. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, sandwich. I remember that one. <laughs> However, sarcasm aside, the next game is I sarcasm aside. Some... Portal was really good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was I really, really good. Now. Again, sarcasm aside, this next game is, I understand, to be something of a hidden gem. It was an Xbox game. Ah, two so worlds. Me by um, <laughs> no, but you have spoken about it before. It's a very colourful game. Uh, a game with a cleverer plot than it deserved. <laughs> I've talked about? You've talked about this game. Saints Row 2? You've mentioned, no, I think you've mentioned this game a couple of... Is like, Viva Piñata on the Xbox? Viva Piñata! Yay! Yes! <laughs> 2007! So again, this year, with all these franchises kicking off, and Viva Piñata's just like, I got released the same week as Portal. <laughs> you've never even heard of me! <laughs> you know when Viva Piñata also got re-released? When? A couple days ago. Hey, Rare Bundle. And Rare I, Bundle? a Rare Replay came out on the Xbox Xbox One a few days ago. It's thirty rare, classic Rare games for thirty dollars. I spent thirty dollars that day. <laughs> Good man. Because I mean, that's like it, it, at last check, that bundle has Banjo Kazooie and Viva Pinata, and both of those games were probably worth fifteen bucks. So it has both Viva really. Pinatas and it has Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts. 
Those are good, Gabe. Yeah. And then the rest of them I know pretty much nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it to find out. Well, that is always a good way to get a bunch of games you don't know anything about. If they came bundled with two games that were worth it. I will tell you one thing. Rare okay. Replay actually yeah. starts off with a... Uh, it starts off with a like a like a vaudeville like puppet show sort of thing with a song and dance number, <laughs> and so it's the the greatest game ever made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on, Blast Core is in that, isn't it? Uh-huh. Blast Core is really fun. Uh, hopefully, it's still got the multiplayer version. I like the I multiplayer have, is included in Rare Replay. Yes. Oh, good. Because in my in my adolescent years, my next door neighbors' grandkids had an N sixty four. They would visit. They would bring Blast Core with them, and my parents wouldn't hear for me for six hours. That game was, and we were terrible at the game. We didn't have to be good at the game because it really was. Let's just stop this city down into nothing. It's so much fun. There's a there's a there's right, I mean, what one of these robots does? It's knocking down the buildings by doing rad cartwheels into them. Uh, that's what I was saying. There's a there's a section of the game where you have to try and get a truck through the city before the truck you know explodes. And if you're really good at clearing the city, the truck driver is like, "Well, I can speed up," and starts drift racing a cement truck. <laughs> it, it's just a wonderfully weird game. Sorry, <clears throat> getting, ca- getting carried away with talking about Blast Call. <laughs> I I had never heard of this game before, so still in this end of year pack when we're about halfway done. Now, we're about halfway done? With the with Jesus this fucking Christ, how many games did you put in this one? Not all. <laughs> the rest of them are loom, let's go. No, no. This game was almost the biggest failure of the year. Ah, Hellgate 1. Two worlds. <laughs> <laughs> Not two worlds. It does start with a T, though. Two human. Attached. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> is that the one where... Like bits of your body come off and no, that was that was um, never dead. dead. No, never dead. Never dead. Yeah. That was years no, later. That was later on, wasn't it? That's like yeah. last year or something, two years ago. Yeah. No, this this game is also connected to an auteur developer yeah. who maybe has caught some flack for overly ambitious ideas in the past, and he's not Pete Molyneux. Did Jonathan Blow make a game then? The developer of this game went to space on the funds from this game. Oh, uh, it's uh, Tabula Rasa. Tabula oh. Rasa. Sorry, 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 I mispronounced that. Richard Garriott's Tabula Rasa. Yes! <laughs> oh my goodness, this was a weird one. A fantasy harvest moon. <laughs> <laughs> no, tab- Tabula Rasa, which was just this inexplicable attempt to merge the first-person shooter multiplayer area control market with the <laughs> highly expressive role-playing game World of Warcraft market. <sighs> In the same year that Burning Crusade and Team Fortress 2 launched. That's true. That wasn't a good year to be a multiplayer game that wasn't one of those two things. God bless you, Richard Garriott. <laughs> That's, uh, Tabula Rasa is the first MMO I remember just straight up dying. Just like it was yes. there, and then it was like, well, that's over. Fuck, that can happen to MMOs. The, the savagery of the background behind Tabula Rasa is such that they made executive decisions that would have required Richard to vote on them while he was in space. <laughs> like, <well, laughs> there's going around behind his back, and then there's waiting until he's not on the planet. That's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> they must have been really it's scared. Like, well, of that we, maybe he is magic. Well, we need we. Well, we're pretty sure we don't need his approval if he's not technically on the planet. So. <laughs> The only way to escape the reach of Lord British. <laughs> There's also, for any future space junk collectors, 
There's a vial of a, a, a vial of Richard Garriott's DNA drifting around up there. In what form? <laughs> it's got a little plaque on it, the game's logo and everything. The, you could, there, just, there's actually a like a I don't want to say competition, but you could actually a bunch of people signed in to do that too. Yes, it's oh, not yeah, just I, it's I not just that. him. It's not just him. It's yeah. There's so a mediocre professional wrestler his... who has a sample of his DNA up there. <laughs> is like a record of his DNA? No, or it's, it's a physical, physical... sample. <laughs> I ask again, in what form? <laughs> Please tell me it's blood. I don't know. That is the least horrifying possibility. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it would not be any of his gametes, though. That would not be very useful to any alien civilization. Is it? Is it Lord Spittish? <laughs> Moving on All right, sorry, yeah, to a different bad. game with lords in it. Uh, Fire Emblem. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Shadow Dragon, right? No. No? No. Path of Radiance? No. That has to be Path of Radiance. Wrong. Uh, on... Radiant Dawn. Radiant Dawn, yeah. yeah. The wee one. Yes. Which oh, was it was, it was small. It was. My favorite one. Yeah. It was small. Actually, it was fucking massive. <laughs> <laughs> it's, got, it's got like four different lords in it, technically. <laughs> Are any of them spittish? <laughs> no, none of them are spittish. I, I, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's the one where they were like, well, we're going to finish up Ike's story, but we also want to do the Mary Sue character. And, you know, there's more story left over from that one. So they just have you keep swapping between different armies and beat each other up. And you're like, ooh, shit, I overleveled that character a bit. She's going to kick my ass. <laughs> There's a lot of back and forth. Um, I think I've said before that fans of the series generally regard it as, like, the weakest one, but there's just weird shit in it that I really enjoyed. All right. I know nothing about it because it's on a console that doesn't exist. (laughs) Fair enough. Now, speaking, as we were with Tabula Rasa, of old established gaming icons being flung into space... Oh, what did John Carmack do? (laughs) No, this is uh, a Nintendo game. Oh, uh, Mario Galaxy. Yes. Oh, okay, that was a good segue. That wasn't a filthy lying segue, like face kicking. That was a good one. All right, and now this this is how this year ended. These are like the last three game releases this year. We have a historical conspiracy theory open world kind of game with stealth elements. Open world conspiracy stealth. Well, no, open, open world's really a misnomer. Mostly you're getting sent to a couple of cities. But you do have a horse and you can roam around between the cities if you want. Oh, Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed. Yes, Assassin's Creed 1. Damn, it was so fresh and interesting. Yes. Speaking of fresh and interesting, we had a game about a hip and trendy, cool archaeologist traveling the world. Uncharted. Fuck that guy. Yep, Uncharted. Tell him to get a tank top and some boobs. Then I'll be interested. (laughs) And we have a space opera. A franchise-starting space opera. Massive. Space opera? There are other space operas. It kind of is these days. Yeah. But seriously, Mass Effect. Wow, this was an excellent year to be a new franchise. You, yeah, yeah. Entry in Odyssey, Portal, Uncharted, Assassin's Creed. Mass Effect. Yeah, it was a really impressive yeah. year. And Fast I, I and Furious, come on. Fast and Furious, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I remember picking this, picking this year up, scrolling through and going, maybe it's a bit too dense, maybe. It... And then I saw Viva Pinata. Like, no, we're doing this. We're doing this. Dude, if it's got Viva Pinata and a Fire Emblem in the one year. Yeah, exactly. Odin Sphere was and Odin Sphere and Jesus Christ, it's been so long since the beginning of this list that I forgot what was it. <laughs> we could actually do this next week and we forgot all the start of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. It was, a, it was a ridiculous huge scale failure. What can that <laughs> I can't bring it to mind. 
Bella quickly adapts to Edward's ability to read other people's minds, as her conversation with Jessica indicates. In a way, this is simply a supernatural variation of how people talk to each other through intermediaries. For example, how high school students gossip and pass along messages to other people by first telling mutual friends. Edward's preferred hunting choice of mountain lion reinforces his regal nature in an indirect manner, while his comment on preserving the ecosystem shows that he is a virtuous predator who cares about the environment and his impact on it. See, he started out trying to be straight. <laughs> he couldn't possibly keep the disdain. Would you believe that in the fourth book, her inability to make decisions and, you know, all that shit about her not being affected by the mind control and everything, her wishy-washy emotions, all that whole stuff that she's entire character built around? Yeah. Turns out that gives her superpowers. Actual, <laughs> honest-to-God fucking superpowers. Sure, why not? I'll buy it. <laughs> I like the bit where he's noble for preferring to kill lions. <laughs> yeah, because they're not endangered species or anything. Oh, it's topical. Uh, you know, uh, yes, I think recent events Oof. have demonstrated uh, how easily we can view lion killers as being noble and dreamy. <laughs> so, uh, on that deeply saddening note, that's been Fox. That's been Jeb. And that's been Talon. Thank you very much for enduring this particularly silly, badly edited episode of the <laughs> DLC podcast. <laughs> starts with you bought bad rats no you didn't and nobody ever speaking. buys bad rats for themselves <laughs> that's not how it works already bought all of the bad rats and is disseminating them rats. amongst people he feels <laughs> need to feel the pain well, the uh, thing is, thing bad, is rats bad rats is a lot, is a lot like hpv it's a lot it's, <laughs> it's a lot like tarot cards <laughs> you're not supposed to buy it for yourself <laughs> ruins the magic <laughs> I like how Jeb has this kind of smart, culturally insightful metaphor, and I compare it to an STD. Well, not quite, because you can vaccinate against HPV.